0: You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast.
1: Spain and Fitz on ESPN radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN radio presented by progressive insurance. And we'll get back to all the football talk you can handle and Christmas movies, frankly, because that's important to us uh, to get some insight on the Christmas movies and on all things, NBA, Tom Haberstore joining us, NBA insider, host of the basketball Illuminati and underdogs podcast. Uh, absolutely love Tom, Tom friend of the show. So Tom, uh, let's start with the most important thing we're going to ask you all night. Uh, we were just talking about murderous Christmas movies as Violet Night is now coming out. Are you in on like the concept of a, a butt-kicking Santa that is taking down the bad guys?
2: No, but I will take cocaine bear um, yes. any mm-hmm. day of the week. <laughs> um, watched the trailer about six times today. <laughs> Didn't get any work done once my brothers sent me that text. <laughs> um, I'm going to consider that a Christmas movie, even if it comes out in February. Yeah. Uh, there's some snow involved. I, I hear snow. Some yeah. lines
3: there's some snow. There's yeah. some snow. Look, Lots cocaine just stuff. makes
1: me think of half the people I toured with. Okay. Uh, let's think get of most to- of the NHL. <laughs> Sorry. All right, now we'll ask you about the also NBA Chris before Farley. this whole thing goes. Okay, we're, we're done. We're done, Tom. This is also what Sam happens. Hurd, who was a bad player who actually got arrested for cocaine? This is my fault. I, this is I did this to all of us. I'm sorry, America. Uh, let's start with a, a simple question on the NBA after the night that Luca had, and after the year that Giannis is having. Who currently is the best player in the NBA?
2: You know what? I think the answer is neither of those two. I think Ooh. it's Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, two-time reigning MVP. The Denver Nuggets are top three in the Western Conference. Uh, He is keeping this team afloat by just being a dominant center who is also averaging more assists than Luka Doncic himself this season, Mm. just about nine assists per game. When he's on the floor... The Denver Nuggets outscore opponents by about 17 points every 100 possessions. When he hits the bench, when he's not on the court for the Denver Nuggets, they turn into the worst team in the NBA, getting outscored by about 17 points per 100 possessions, completely flipping the script for the team. So just to underline how important he is for one of the best teams in the NBA, um, you know he, he has Jamal Murray back and Michael Porter Jr. back but they still aren't up to their you know, previous levels pre-injury. And the Denver Nuggets are just a couple games out of being the best team in the Western Conference. So to me, the two-time reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, is still getting better. And I think no one has done anything to me uh, to dispute the fact that he is the best player in the world. It's just whether he can have enough weapons beside him to go deeper into the playoffs.
3: Wow, you perfectly led me into my next question. We're talking to Tom Haberstroh here on Spainted Fits. Uh Luca's just 23 years old and already tied Dirk's record for the second most 40-point games in franchise history. He has had to take enormous weight, and so much of the conversation around his career has been whether he has enough help around him. Well, last night when he had that 41-point triple-double to beat the Warriors, the conversation was the same on the other end with Steph Curry having one of the best seasons of his career and not getting enough help from his teammates. When you look at both of those players, is there a reason to consider those teams true contenders, or does it fall apart in the playoffs when the focus can be entirely and the scheme can be entirely around those two stars?
2: Well, I think the Golden State Warriors um, are still title contenders. They've played much better as of late. Um, They just picked up uh, their second win of the season on the road, which is such an anomaly for a veteran team to have issues Uh, playing on the road. But a lot of those issues, those road woes were because of the young players that they're trying to integrate into the team. But Steph Curry, um, similar splits on court, off court splits that we talked about with Nikola Jokic Um, and Luka Doncic. Look, they made a decision uh, a couple years ago to uh, part ways with Seth Curry, Uh, not Steph Curry, Seth Curry. Um, They also made the decision to not bring back Jalen Brunson, um, they're still searching for that second star next to Luka Doncic. And I'm afraid that, you know, unless he grows another three inches and becomes a dominant center like Joel Embiid, <laughs> I can't imagine how he's going to be able to anchor that, de- that defense and still be a 30 plus point scorer. And I'll just throw this stat at you guys uh, fits in Spain. Here's, here's what I uncovered earlier today. Uh, Cause I was noticing, you know, with the huge night from Steph and the huge night from Luka, they are averaging over 30 points per game this season while still shooting above 50% from the floor. And I was like, man, how often does that happen? Like that seems outrageous to have 30 point scores and making over half your shots from the floor. And it turns out four other players are doing that currently in the NBA right now. Um, Giannis, Joel Embiid, um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Kevin Durant. Six players are doing that this season, 30 points, 50% fifty percent shooting, which is astounding when you consider that in the previous thirty years in the NBA, we only saw three such seasons. So we have six players, including Luca and Steph Curry, in that thirty fifty club. And we just we see once per decade. And now we got six of them. So if you know these eye popping numbers across the league It really shows that right now we're in this golden era of scoring in the NBA. So as much as I want to say Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA, um, there are other great candidates out there just like Steph Curry and and Luka Doncic. It's just, just an amazing, amazing individual scoring campaign across the NBA.
1: You mentioned that though Golden Age of scoring, Tom, and it makes me immediately think there's so many people. Social media, right? Like immediately erupts with there's no defense being played in the NBA. So what do you do? You attribute the uptick in scoring overall to?
2: I think it's spacing, and I think it's uh, a lot of it is. I'll just say it: refereeing. Um, right now, we see this huge influx of travel calls and palming calls, carrying calls, um, in this month, we're seeing two times as many uh, traveling calls as we typically see, and actually carrying calls, which we see with Jordan Poole, they had three in one night, and Steve Curry was, was just beside himself about that. Uh, palming in the NBA is up eight times what we saw earlier this season and last season. So what we're seeing is the re- the referees are really cracking down on these, like, step-back moves from Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Luka Doncic. Last night in that huge game between Dallas and Golden State, we saw 10 traveling calls. Last year, we saw about 1.5 per game. And last night in that game between those two great players, we saw 10 travel calls with Luka getting a couple and Steph getting a couple. And the NBA is really cracking down on those one-on-one moves where it seems like they're taking multiple steps or too many steps and finally, those fans who hate watching the NBA because I guess it's not as fundamental, quote-unquote, as, as college basketball. Well, the travel calls are really begun, beginning to crack down in the league. And I think it's trying, the league is trying to figure out how to give the advantage back to the defense a little bit and not have all these scoring nights. Just It looks so easy out there because they get that space from the perimeter. There's a lot of spacing in the NBA. It's you know something I wrote about with the Miami Heat about a decade ago. Pace and space, Eric Spolster coined that term, and there's a lot of pace, a lot of spacing in the NBA, and now they're trying to crack down on travels and palming to give the defense a little bit more of an, an advantage here because it is just crazy what we're seeing in the NBA.
3: Really quick before we let you go, and we're talking to Tom Haberstroh, at Tom Haberstroh is where you can follow him, NBA Insider, host of Basketball Illuminati and Underdogs Podcast. Um, if you look ahead, and I know we've got some time before the trade deadline, but if you look ahead to it, what are a couple teams that you think can make a real difference and change their fate with the right trades?
2: Oh, that's a great question, Sarah. On the Basketball Illuminati podcast this week, El Hassan and I talk about the Lakers and why they're holding on to those two future first-round picks and Russell Westbrook's contract. What are they waiting for? I've circled January 15th on the calendar because that's when Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls. No! That's right, Sarah. Mm-mm. Becomes nope. trade-eligible. And no. we saw a report from ESPN's David McMenamin this week saying that they're going to wait until mid-January. Uh, before they start figuring out what they're going to do. And mid-January is when Zach Levine becomes trade eligible. And if this season continues to go sideways for Chicago, do not be surprised if they go for Victor Wembenyama with a top-four protected pick going to Orlando. They need to be in the bottom four of the standings in order to keep their first-round pick. And we'll see what happens with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. I've got those two teams circled as teams to watch in terms of deals ahead of the trade deadline. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, see, now you've just stirred that and you're going to leave. You you drop that bomb, you walk away. I get angry, Sarah, for the rest of the show. Thanks so much, Tom. That's right. As always, we appreciate your brilliance, your insight. Thanks for hanging out with us, Tom. We appreciate
2: it. You got it. Just watch Cocaine Bear trailer one more time, and she'll be fine.
1: <laughs> God, that is, you know so what? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You can be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Tweet us, at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fan's deserve all right how do we You're feel about cocaine to read now that i'm
3: leaving uh, is that look what's at that. happening here
1: <laughs> look at that i went all like i went very professional <laughs> very you know some uh, reading now <laughs> I, I went low-key on that like it, you know i mm-hmm. brought the energy down I, I, I took people on a ride with me about dr pepper mm-hmm. that's what just happened because scary christmas movies and cocaine bears will take you on a ride we'll talk about it next spain and fits on espn radio
0: spain and fits the podcast
1: Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, represented by Progressive Insurance. We've asked you guys out on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, which is at Jason Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Spain and Fitz, to chime in, in on murderous Christmas movies, because it seems to be, like, let's say this, Sarah, like, I was earlier today, uh, while I was sort of getting the Christmas spirit, I was watching a little prep and landing. And I like, you know, I like innocent uh, cartoonish Christmas. It makes me smile. It makes me happy. But then I see previews for much more intense Christmas movies, and I'm suddenly in for it. But there's a line. Like, I want Santa to be the butt kicker. I don't want to watch a murderous Grinch. I don't know why that's the line for me, but it is a line. And there are several things that are coming out this year that are new in the Christmas spectrum. I'm very excited about them.
3: You know, I want to see the cozy Christmas content. That's what I'm leading with. I'm going to go with my usual uh, go-tos, and I'm going to see Spirited, which is Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. And then I think on the show before, I've talked about Murderville, which is Will Arnett's show that's a uh, kind of sitcom where he knows the plot and all the script and everything, but the guest star doesn't, and they have to improv their way through this comedic murder show, and then by the end, guess who the murderer is, and it's all these great stars. Well, they're doing a Christmas one with Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes and Maya Rudolph, so all my faves from Smart List together. So those are top of my list. Now, Cocaine Bear is certainly at the top of the list, but doesn't come out till February, so despite the snow that is at play That's just it's not going to be a christmas movie it's a winter movie. movie it's a winter movie so cocaine bear everyone just go watch the trailers it's ridiculously it's named i mean yes. it, it's aptly and named and is based on a real story of a bear who found a bunch of cocaine and and ate it do you uh, think
1: they sat down with the bear and interviewed him and, the like, bear died Oh, I didn't know that. Now I, I feel know. terrible for the bear. It's very sad. How did we get? How did we? Get and I don't think the 100. bear
3: went on a murderous rage before dying. I think it was just found with a, just a duffel bag's worth of cocaine in its stomach, which apparently wasn't good for it. I think all the murderous rage and stuff is the artistic license that they took. But okay. Spirited and Murderville Christmas, I'm in for. I don't think I will be signing up for Violent Night or a Mean One. Like you said, I don't really want to watch Cindy Lou, whose family get destroyed uh, by a Mean Grinch, and I. I think Violent Night might be too violent for me. I like my Christmas content cozy.
1: I mean, Violent Night is, I'm going to go to the theater. I'm going to see that. And I'm going to cheer as, as Santa Claus, you know, goes out there and gets things done. Uh, but there there's a line, I think because that's watching... You know, Santa do great things in this situation. I'm all good with it. great things. You know what right, I mean by that. Right, like, right, right. Santa's might, the one I kicking I might watch butt.
3: it if people tell me it, it's more Die Hard-like versus just straight up. Like, you know that one section of, um, what's the Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? You know when Brad Pitt just goes off on the bad dudes? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing, but it. I had to watch through my hands. And most of the time, just tell my husband, let me know when it's done, because I just am not good with that stuff. Ooh. If it gets to be two hours of that, I can't do it. If there's a bunch of cool stuff and then occasionally I have to close my eyes, I'm in.
1: Okay, see that? Yeah, we're, we're a little different there. But I am curious on Spirited, because Spirited, while I love Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell and I cannot wait to watch this movie, is a retelling of A Christmas Carol, which we've seen a hundred ways. I found myself laughing today as I was trying to decide whether or not my next Christmas movie I'm going to venture down is either going to be – I mean movie. It's either going to be Disney – The Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol that's 28 minutes – or mm. it's the Muppets Christmas Carol i mm. haven't decided which of those two but i'm i'm just curious why you know mickey mouse can tell the story in 28 minutes and everybody else needs like an hour and a half to 2 hours that's way more detail than we need like you get the gist you got all the different spirits they come they get you the the past yeah. present the future we get out of there like yeah, the it's a 30 minutes the children
3: might be the one for you <laughs> Okay, that is the truest statement in the (laughs) history of the show. Why do some stories take longer to tell? Well, Fitz, because some people's IQs are bigger. And they want a little bit more nuance, maybe some interesting dialogue, some back and forth, some character development. You, my friend, would be just fine with the cartoon.
1: I need Scrooge McDuck rolling around, counting the coins. Pile of money. And then, you know, Mickey Mouse coming (laughs) back. I can't wait and that's all i need like i get all of that and i'm good like i, I get a little tiny tim in there and we've got this whole thing settled like it, it's easy and you're using famous disney characters also by the way it's on disney plus you should you go check that wow, out now good plug uh,
3: hey, i want to ask you this though so when you're when you're in theory adding muppet christmas mickey christmas spirited murderville cocaine bear eventually violent night mean one that's a lot of time and unlike me, you will still be working in radio. I will have plenty of time after tomorrow night when this show ends. I'm going to have all the time in the world to watch Christmas movies at night while I start day drinking just early as I want.
1: Oh, God. Oh so God. I don't okay.
3: have to cut into my annual Christmas movie list, but you do. So I present to you this challenge. Okay. Give me your top four Christmas movies that you will watch this year from the annual list because you will have to replace the fifth with the new ones.
1: Okay, the top four. Well, we know Christmas Vacation is always on that top four. Uh, I know that, uh, oh, yeah, this one's actually pretty easy for me. Christmas Vacation, Elf, White Christmas, and I need one more, and that's going to be a more modern one. I am going mm. to go with Fred Claus. What? A little, the, a little off the beaten path, Fred Claus.
3: I'm so I was sorry. between so Christmas with hard. the cranks and-, and Not re, no, Home Alone. Not no, no. the holiday.
1: No, no, no. Uh, home Alone, Home not Alone's Not okay. the
3: night before.
1: Uh, oh my God! No, never mind. The night before goes yeah. for. I, I changed uh-huh. my mind. The night before goes for. Okay. I'm go- Yeah, not the night Scrooge, before is a, not Not It's a, a wonderful life. Not no, the no. Grinch
3: Who Stole Christmas.
1: Oh my God! Never mind. Now my list is completely fried because I've already watched. Not a
3: Charlie Brown Christmas.
1: So the funny thing is, I've already watched the newest Grinch, the the Doesn't one with uh, Benedict it's Cumberbatch. It's part of the list. I have watched that one probably five times already this season. Okay. That's how big right. a Grinch with fan
3: Benedict. I Bunch. You know, oh my god, yeah. Like that name, one's badge?
1: Yeah, sure. And that one's hysterical. <laughs> I am all in. So never mind. I'm a, I'm amending my list. No, no. This is uh, we can never mm-hmm. get all the children in the world. Uh yep, I'm going to yep. go Yeah, uh, White Christmas is gone. White Christmas is gone. So now okay. we're, I can't I can't get rid of Christmas vacation. I can't get rid of elf. I can't get rid of the Grinch. Those are 3 and and then uh, the night before is definitely that. That's number four. Uh-huh. It's got to be mm-hmm. on there. So those are the okay. four. Yeah.
3: So you're still leaving out Home Alone. Yeah, I'm good with leaving. Uh, out you're home still alone. leaving out uh, Love Actually. Never seen it. What?
1: I've never seen Love Actually. What? I'm not into, I'm not into rom-coms. Like no, does there's not enough there's not enough action. It doesn't matter
3: and... if you're into something or not. I'm not cry into. At Christmas. Action movies, and I still watch Die Hard. You have to watch the classics.
1: Die Hard is not a Christmas movie because it came out in July. Nobody uh, releases a Christmas movie in July. have been over this a
3: million times. You can't release a Christmas a movie in July. To Christmas in Die but Hard. it was released
1: in July. Nobody releases then a Christmas movie in July. Why did they
3: name his wife Holly?
1: Well, uh, you know what? I can't help that. I can't help that. It's still not a Christmas. It was really. Why are in they July. listening
3: to Christmas songs? It's in a it, silver and that's the blockbuster. Soundtrack full of Christmas movies. It's a summer
1: blockbuster. It's completely. All right,
3: Holy from the silver cow, screen to the ice,
1: we're going to talk puck next. It's Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Said very clearly.
0: Spain and Fitz, the podcast.
3: This is very appropriate. This is, in fact, the second to last Spain and Fitz.
1: Penultimate, big word Pen- by me. Look at you. I know, I know. Feel really wow. proud of myself right now. Pat myself. I'm very on. proud of you. Might hurt my shoulder. I'm patting myself on the back so hard. I was going
3: to say you might have injured yourself and also used up all of your syllables for the rest yeah. of the evening. Don't ask me, so me to spell careful.
1: that word, but penultimate. <laughs> I got it. Woo!
3: Oh, it's Spade and Fitz, Sarah Spade Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Because we are uh, coming down to the final rounds here, the final countdown to the final rounds, uh, we want to have some of our faves on. And that includes ESPN senior NHL writer Greg Wyshynski on to talk all things hockey. What's up, Wish?
0: Hello, hockey friends. How are you? Hi. It's an honor to be uh, part of the uh, going away. But I hope you guys saved a slice of cake for me. Uh, from we whatever have. cake you're having
1: No,
3: probably have, not it's a man a cocaine like, I don't cake, save cake from cocaine bear yeah, I well. hope that's okay <laughs> Is it inappropriate that I said that cocaine bears just sounded like a lot of the NHL enforcers is that bad
0: Oh my god <laughs> No that is entirely entirely appropriate uh Thank we you. wear our our history on our on, on our on our sleeves proudly uh yeah, and so it I'd is say, very you know, much I mean also, it, it, Honestly, cocaine bear colon the Bob Probert story probably would have been, <laughs> there you, go. you know, yeah. or, a you perfect know, 30 for 30.
3: involving the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, Miami football, Chris Farley, etc. Anyway, moving on, let's talk about ice instead. Uh, the Kraken and the Kings game last night, a 9-8 to overtime battle. When is the last time you saw a game like this?
0: Well, you know what's interesting is that we're seeing it with more frequency. That's why last night was kind of interesting. And, you know, four years ago, we'd look at a score like that, and and hockey fans would be talking about it for the next month, right, because we don't get football scores in hockey. But a 9-8 game is kind of in line with what we see now in this league. Scoring is up again, as it's been up for the last few seasons. Um, And it just seems like we are entering another firewagon hockey era like we had in the 1980s for a number of reasons, Uh, the talent level being as great as it is, the creativity being as good as it is, subtle rules changes that have helped offense, um, and a number of other factors have led to the point where you look at a 9-8 game and you say to yourself, yeah, that that checks out for hockey in 2022.
1: All right, so speaking of offense, Ovechkin gets uh, yet another big night and now has passed Gretzky. For most goals on the road, he sits at 793, Gretzky with the overall record at 894. Put into context what we're seeing from Ovechkin and where it belongs in the all-time list in your mind.
0: Oh, he's the best goal scorer of all time, full stop. I think the fact right. that he's been able to do this uh, in this era against these defenses, against the talent uh, you know uh, that we see in goal and also the technique that we see in goal. I mean, Gretzky was playing against guys that weren't even like drop into the ice to make saves in goal. I mean it's <laughs> it's a totally different game and and what Ovechkin's done is 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 to me makes him the best goal scorer of all time. He's at 793 like you said chasing the all-time Gretzky record. He still is on pace to get there although, you know, the Washington Capitals have had their struggles this season uh in particular offensively. He's still getting his goals and uh, and that's good news for those of us who want to see Ovechkin go because honestly Like, that's the moment hockey fans are looking at. That's our home run race from the 1990s. You know, that's any big record you could think of where there's crossover appeal to other sports fans. That'll be the moment when Ovechkin gets within real striking distance, like single-digit striking distance of the Gretzky record.
3: Spain and Fitz. We're talking to ESPN senior NHL writer, Greg Wyshynski at Wyshynski is where you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, Let's talk about Chris Letang of the Penguins out indefinitely after his second stroke in less than a decade. What have you heard about this and what is the team saying about his future?
0: Well, I remember the first diagnosis that he got. He was, uh, I think, 26 at the time. Uh, He missed two months of action uh, and they found a small hole in his heart. And they said that at the time, um, you know, this w- wasn't going to be something that they were going to operate on. Um, and they they said the same thing that they're saying now, which is that you can continue to play professional hockey with this condition. It's just a scary thing, you know, it, it, to hear that being the reason he was out of the lineup, um, to have this be all revisited. You think about him as a father. You think about him as a husband, along with him being a teammate to, to Sidney Crosby, Guinea Malkin, and all those guys. It's just a scary situation. Um, but, you know, all reports are that he's not – uh, suffering any kind of after effects, which uh, does, I suppose, mean good things for him uh, getting back on the ice where Lord Dosel will uh, want to be. I mean, it's the kind of thing that takes your mind off of, of things like this, right?
1: We're talking to Greg Wyshynski, ESPN senior NHL writer. So, uh, Greg, let's go to some of the action that we're getting on the ice this year. Uh, what's surprising? Like, what what are you looking at saying, holy cow, I didn't see this coming?
0: The New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Jersey Devils are 19-4. and four. Uh, When I say the New Jersey Devils, a lot of fans out there may remember them being the single most boring team in hockey during the 1990s, a team that was accused of trying to kill the sport by playing what was called the neutral zone trap. Uh, Now they're the most exciting team in hockey. Now they're like young and fast and speedy and they play with pace and they're uh, rushing into the offensive zone and rushing back on defense to steal the puck away from opponents. Uh, This is a start that nobody thought they'd have. In fact, their fans, two games into the season, were chanting for head coach Lindy Ruff to be fired. And then a few weeks later, in an unprecedented move, chanted, sorry, Lindy, uh, at a home game to apologize for having called hmm. for his head. The Devils, by far, are the biggest surprise in the league right now, second to only the Boston Bruins as far as success on the ice.
3: Spain and Fitz talking to Greg Wasinski about the hockey. Let's do that, hockey. Bruins, another team experiencing a ton of success. What is their secret at home? 13 straight.
0: Well, their secret at home is their secret all over. I mean, they're the top team in the league right now, and they're the top team for a couple of of reasons. One is uh, this guy, David Krejci, who was a part of a lot of their success that they've had in the last decade. uh, Played in the Czech Republic last year, came back to play for the Bruins this year, and they missed him. I mean, he's a great player. He resets their depth chart at center. He's allowed them to have two really good scoring lines. And then the other thing is their new head coach, Jim Montgomery, uh, who replaced Bruce Cassidy there. I've seen the Bruins a couple times. I've talked to their players to a man. They say, look, this guy came in. He held us accountable for the way that we play, but he also kind of restored a sense of joy in this locker room and on the ice during practice that we kind of lost over the years and uh, those two factors, along with, you know, having a pretty good roster all over the place, have contributed to the Bruins getting off this incredible start. The window is not closed as far as trying to win a championship in Boston, despite a lot of people thinking it might have been.
1: So, Wish, talk to me a little bit about Arizona. Like, I know they stink. This isn't about that. It's about the look of shock I get when I tell people they're playing in a 5,000-seat arena. Like, <laughs> is- what-, what is going on? What's the real future there for that entire franchise?
2: Well, dude, first of all,
0: I've been to Mullet Arena for a Coyotes game. I went on their opening night, The um, uh, exquisitely named Mullet Arena, by the way. Named for a financial backer of the Sun Devils hockey team, but also an incredibly uh, apt uh, hockey arena name. Um, It's a fun place to watch a game. Every seat feels close to the ice. They have a student section that, you know, if you've got the right mix uh, there and the right team in town is going to be filled and and energetic. It's probably the most unique viewing experience you're going to have to watch an NHL game. Um, But the thing about it right now is that they're committed to play there for the next three years, potentially, a fourth, And they're doing that because they're trying to build a permanent arena in Tempe, along with like a giant entertainment complex, hotels, apartments, that whole thing. The Tempe City Council last night approved their plan to do all that. It's like a two point one billion dollar project, which is a really key thing because it's now in the hands of the voters next May to vote on whether this this is going to go forward. And if it goes forward. That's going to be a permanent home for the Coyotes. They will, they will commit to stay in Arizona for 30 years if this project happens. And that's, I mean, you think about the history of this team and bankruptcy, the whole thing, relocation rumors. To have them actually wind up staying in Arizona was something I think a lot of hockey fans would not have taken odds on uh, in the last couple of seasons.
3: Will there be more m- uh, mullets given out is the question, or is that solely a first night thing? <laughs>
0: I got I got mine in my office right now. It's flowing blonde <laughs> locks. I look like the old school Thor when I wear it. It's
3: nice. Wait, wait. I was going to you got maybe that one for free too, right? You,
1: you guys were on the search for merch. You're like you got that for free, right? Like what what, what else? What other merch are we getting here? Like you still Oh my yet. God!
0: We got our Arda on our show, The Drop, which is on YouTube tomorrow. Has a collection of merch you would not believe, including I kid you not, a Toronto Maple Leaf sleeping bag that was sent to Ooh. him by somebody. Uh, that you can use to sleep out in the wilderness. We're going to give it away on the show. Uh, it is, you know, send us stuff, man. You got something you want. You got bobbleheads, sleeping bags, mullets. Send it our way.
3: Wow, you guys are meant for each other, you and Fitz. You and your swag. <laughs> I do love me some Free stuff. shameless. No doubt. Free shameless. <laughs> hey, Wish, always love having on. Thanks for the chat.
1: You're the best, bud.
0: Thank you always for all the time. You guys are great and, uh, and uh, continued success in all your Thank future you. endeavors.
3: To you as well. At Wyshynski is where you can follow him. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Coming up, do you want a murderous Santa and a killer Grinch on your screen or only cozy Christmas content? We'll talk about it next.
0: Spain and Fitz, the podcast.
3: It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Our penultimate show, as one Jason Fitz accurately said. And of course, we're going to talk about Christmas movies, Cocaine Bears and Murderous Santas. Uh, We asked you earlier about the new additions to the Christmas canon, which include regular old happy things like Spirited with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell and uh, Murderville, which sounds bad, but is a fun comedy with uh, with Will Arnett and a uh, special guest from Smartless in the Christmas episode. Uh, but there's also two new additions that we're wondering if you're into. Violent Night, which has uh, the guy everybody loves from Stranger Things, and The Mean One, which is about a Grinch who doesn't just steal presents, he murders your whole family. And uh, Fitz, we got a, a bunch of good answers on the old Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. At the Ken Childs said he's out. It's kind of like Thanksgiving and wanting to eat only the hits. I have a pile of movies I want to watch at Christmas. I don't want to think, don't need to feel weird about anything. Just give me the good stuff. Uh, Evan Flay agrees later. Cozy Christmas content and Die Hard is reserved for December 18th through Christmas Day, all the early December time fair game. Now, do you agree with that? Because I think uh, December 18th through Christmas Day, that's, that's a limited amount of time to squeeze in all the good cozy content.
1: No, I had Elf on like November third, fourth. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it. And like you mentioned earlier, the time for me this Saturday will be the last college football Saturday I have to work for the rest of the Ooh. year, right, until until the, uh, until the New Year's Eve for the college football playoff. So those Saturdays that I've been spending, you know, 13, 14 hours on campus, I'm about to spend 13, 14 hours sitting at home, having a drink and watching all it. of the Christmas. All <laughs> of the Christmas. Uh, the, anything I can get that, like, the Christmas baking shows, it, like, Jesse Palmer is going to be my bestie, not from a college football standpoint, but just because I'm going to watch like every cooking show he's ever hosted like all of that injected in my veins
3: wait so real quick is elf always the first one because i think a lot of people myself included have a season opener like that's when you start your seasonal watching there's always the same one that starts it
1: no the the the, the starter of it all is always christmas vacation the first and last christmas movie i will watch is going to be christmas vacation every year
3: okay i always start with the holiday That is my first. That is the easing in. I tend to watch it again later in the season as well because I love it so much. But I always start with the holiday. Christmas vacation comes a little bit later. Um, Die Hard's usually in there. At Ben underscore Kilby said, Violent Night looks like the closest thing to Die Hard in 30 years. Just mindless, crazy 80s action full one-liners. Can't wait. Uh, And Real Paul Madison I'm all the way out. This isn't the time of year for insane murder sprees. You want to do that stuff from January to October? Go for it. Christmas? Sorry, I want my classic hits, snowmen, joy, and general sense of peace, which we got very little of outside this time of year. That is a very fair point.
1: Yeah, no, that's. Did you
3: ever see Krampus? I didn't. And you know what? Okay. I also didn't. I, I didn't see Krampus. And I also wasn't a huge fan of Bad Santa, which a lot of other people liked.
1: Yeah, I was I was sort of out on, on both of them. I mean, I saw them both, but neither of them really like you got to be if you were going to execute a dark uh, holiday movie. I think you really have to execute it perfectly. There's not a lot of wiggle room on it. Like, It has it, to
3: be a charming in its own way, I think.
1: Yeah, well, and and that's part of even from just from the previews of Violent Night, it looks like it has those moments like those moments campy, that make you. Yeah, which Violent 100%. Night, I
3: think, looks campy, which I think will work
1: as opposed to the Grinch, which just looks like too dark and sinister for me. It's just it's Agreed. Too
3: much. Agreed. Uh, I uh, I will be in, uh, indulging in all of that. Um, and I think your list earlier was pretty good, although I always have to throw in uh, National Lampoon the night before um love actually and then the toss-up really is uh usually like a home alone elf situation uh, okay. but okay. this year i'm not gonna have to make any choices i'm gonna watch all of them fits spain and Fitz, sarah spain jason fits our penultimate show tomorrow night the last spain and Fitz show uh, i wanted to finish up the conversation we were having earlier when we were talking about the quarterbacks um the bears and packers are playing this weekend And it's one of the least enthusiastic buildups to that big rivalry game. Aaron Rodgers has a bad oblique, a bad thumb, and hasn't been very good, and the Packers record stinks. The Bears are without a tremendous number of talented defensive players, and their defense is bad even when those guys are in. So with them out, it's a disaster, and Justin Fields isn't 100%. So we're not going to learn a ton. There will still be some bragging rights on the line. But Rodgers is becoming the poster boy for do you – do you have the possibility, even when someone is incredibly talented and has back-to-back MVPs, of screwing the future of your franchise over with those big quarterback contracts, the likes of which we've usually said will age well, right? Like, we've been talking about Patrick Mahomes and his contract being undervaluing him compared to some of the other guys that have come along. We might have hit an impasse here with with Kyler Murray, with Russell Wilson, with Rogers, where we're seeing the the potential really negative albatross-like outcome of some of these guys not living up to the deal.
1: Well, especially when you talk about Russ and you talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers, and even if you want to throw Brady into that conversation contractually, you run into to the age barrier too, right? So now you're you're contractually obligated to a quarterback that. Because they may be in the last chapter of their career, you have more obligation to try and win right now with them than a, a younger guy that where you could say, "Hey, we're building." Right? Like with Kyler Murray, you can sort of excuse it and say, "Hey, he's young. We're going to get better." Even with Lamar, you could say, "Can he's young. you?" I, I mean, I don't know, but I know that there's if you're... not a lot
3: of proof of concept with Kyler late in seasons and in the postseason. No, you're you're 100%. at least with the other guys. We have seen them do it. The question is, are they done doing it?
1: Well, and then the question is, does the the window slam shut? Like for Green Bay. It feels like they're going to have to address a lot this offseason, mm. and there's just nothing they can do about the fact that their right. their quarterback contract is well, what it is.
3: And not just the quarterback. Green Bay, what's been so fascinating to see is the amount of money and draft picks that they used on that defense. That is not good.
1: Yeah, you're right. It, it's not for lack of effort. What do you? We always talk about it like, what do you do in your organization? just isn't good at identifying the right players on uh-huh. the, in certain positions. And we've seen that. Some some teams can't identify wide receivers for 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 you know for anything. Some teams have a hard time with the pass rushers and corners. It just feels like the entire defensive side of the ball has been a, a mismatch uh, this year for the Packers. The Packers have so many questions right now, I just don't know what answers that easily. And then you're going to start to look after the season, at Gutekunst, I think fairly so, And say, hey, uh, are all of the things going the right way for this organization? Outside of just what happened with Aaron Rodgers, what about the rest of the 53? And I I don't know what the answer there is.
3: Well, and I think part of the issue is, is that we've seen for several years that there are some pretty glaring issues with the Packers, but they've been able to be erased in part because of, excuse me, I just hiccuped, Aaron Rodgers' heroics. And when those have been absent this year uh it's become really clear that they've made some bad roster decisions and a lot of us including my, me were extremely enthusiastic about what this Packers team would do this year just looking at the players and it hasn't worked out the question is if Rodgers gets completely healthy in the offseason they make a couple small moves and he's back to himself Christian Watson maybe they they get a, a big name wide receiver in the offseason season does it cover up for those issues again or is this sort of the beginning of the end for them and and that's partly why some folks want to see jordan love this weekend instead of a a hobbled Rodgers.
1: yeah you almost have to if you're green bay you've got to look at it and say look we're, we're in no choice but to be win now so we got to plug the holes however we can Quickly in a way that whether it's the long-term solution or not, whatever you got to do to stay relevant right now, you don't have the option to step back and say, hey, this is going to take a second. You, you have to do it today. You can't afford any opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to decide he wants to force a trade or retire because both of those things would kill your cap.
3: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of questions about Rodgers. A lot of stuff's going to happen with the Broncos and I think the first move is of course going to be Nathaniel Hackett being the sacrificial lamb. He deserves a lot of it, but we will not know until a new quarterback coach, a new head coach come along, how much is Russell Wilson declining and how much is just the location that he's in and the system that he's in. And for Kyler Murray, man do the Cardinals have a lot to clean up. They got a lot of long-term deals they just handed out to people who have not proven as of yet to be anywhere close to deserving them crazy Patrick Peterson and Kyler Murray are both going to join Freddie and Fitzsimmons next to talk about that beef from the podcast that went straight to Twitter get your popcorn enjoy
0: thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast you can listen to the show weeknights at 7 eastern on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app